Welcome, Red Sox fans. Here are the Bastards of Boston Baseball. Hello, everyone, and welcome to what we are going to call an emergency podcast. The big news of the day... Jaron Duran has been called up. This hasn't officially been announced by the Red Sox, but news out of Worcester uh, is that Duran is, in fact, on his way to New York, was not with the team tonight, and most of the national writers have confirmed that. So with me tonight to discuss this topic, we basically have one host from each show, Jason Kelly. Coming to us from Westwood, Massachusetts. Jason, ready to talk some <laughs> Red Sox news? I'm, uh, yeah, I'm ready to talk some news that I'm not so happy about, but uh, <laughs> I, I guess I'm one of the few. So let's have at it. Let's All right. Go. <laughs> Jason's representing the early week show. And from the midweek show, we have Job Goddard here also to weigh in on the call up. How are you, Job? Well, you know it's an emergency episode when you have me and Jason on the same show. This is our first show working together since I joined the podcast in November. <laughs> yeah. You know it's an emergency episode, and I know Jason and I agree on this. I'm also not happy about what, what's been happening here. Well, all right. I'm in. I'm in. Yeah. I've been calling it the war room, which is our private group chat where we communicate daily. We share breaking news that way we're all up to speed and sometimes fight like schoolgirls, which I may or may not have a lot of involvement in, uh, as well as some of our other hosts. But uh, it's a split war room on this issue. Uh, Jason, why don't you go ahead and lead off? You're You're not a fan of it, so... For the people in the audience that aren't a fan of it, you're their voice right now. So go ahead. Uh, so my biggest question when this news came out was, and I texted you guys, I said, what is the corresponding move to this? Because we still don't really know. And look, for weeks I've been railing on this that I don't want the clock started on Jaron Duran. The Red Sox are in first place. Now, granted, they were in first place by, I think it was like four, four and a half before the Philly series. And then that got trimmed down to a game and a half going into the all-star break. They didn't play well against Philly. I get that. Okay. So it got a little bit closer with Tampa. Toronto is still a team that can scare you a little bit. I think we all agree that the Yankees and the Orioles are not a big threat. Brand the Yankees have the roster to go on a run, but you know, they're, they have no balls, so they probably won't. Um, so the Red Sox right now have control of their division. They really do. And I just don't see the need for this. I don't see the need to call up this kid who, granted, has been playing well at Wooster. He hasn't been like, you know, this standout, like, amazing prospect. He's been good. I mean, Jaron Duran, you know, in Worcester has been hitting 270 with a little bit of power. Okay. Whoopee. Like, I, you know, I... I feel like your outfield is good enough with Kike in center, with Verdugo out there, with Renfro out there. Like, I know that Arroyo's on the on the IL. I know that Santana's on the IL. Not that that's any loss. But I just don't see the need for this. This feels like a – it feels like a move by a team that's panicking 
And the Red Sox shouldn't be panicking. You're not in a position where you're panicking. You're in first place. You're good. Your rotation has performed above expectations. Your lineup has been scoring runs, which everyone predicted they would, because you look at the talent up and down that up and down that lineup. Granted, you know, seven through nine is a little bit of a, a you know a trick, but still, you've been scoring runs. So why are you so desperate to call this kid up and start the clock on him? Every evaluator you run into will tell you his defense isn't there yet. He's not, they're not sold on him as a defensive outfielder. And even the bat, like the bat's good, but let's face it, like he's got 15 home runs. Most of them are at Worcester. Worcester's kind of turned into a launching pad. Like it's not, I, I feel like the numbers are a little bit skewed. So I just, I'm so against this. This feels like a move by a desperate team. It reminds me of when the Rays called up Wander Franco. And I get it. Like, Jaron Duran is not Wander Franco. I understand that. Wander Franco is the number one prospect in baseball. He's, you know, I get it. But Wander Franco got called up by the Rays. Why? Because they traded Willie Adamas at the beginning of the year, and they were desperate for some attention because Tyler Glasnow got hurt, and they know they're in a division race. So they called up the top prospect. Right now, Wander Franco sitting 197. 197. And the Rays still can't catch the Red Sox. So why are you acting like the Rays? Why are you so desperate to call up one of your top, top prospects and chase what the Rays are doing? You shouldn't be doing that. You're okay. You don't need to call up your top guy. Just I would have preferred he stay down in Worcester. They give him the time. They let him develop. And they don't start the clock early, but they went against my wishes. He's up here now. I, I don't know. I, I just I'm not in favor of it. Go ahead, Joe. So two quick things. One, Jason, from you, if the corresponding move, which I'm I'm sure is going to come out as soon as we air this episode, so we're going to look really stupid. But <laughs> if the corresponding move is Doogie to the IL. Does that change your opinion at all? If it's who to the IL? Sorry. Verdugo, Verdugo to the injured list. If it's Verdugo? Okay. That makes a little more sense. I'm I still I'm not sure I'm sold on it after that point, but okay. It looks it makes a little more sense. Yep. Because that's that's the move that I'm predicting this is for. This is a Verdugo to the injured list. Duran is gonna be up for at least ten days. And we'll see where it goes from there. I still don't like the move. Similar reasons to you, Jason, I think his home road splits, that's Duran's, that is, are extreme. His OBP is 330 on the road and 400 at home. His batting average is 65 points lower at home. His power, his slugging is 706 at home and 400 flat on the road. You can't tell me that that's not a ballpark factor. It's like playing at Coors Field versus playing at Fenway Park. They're two very different ballparks, um, home versus away. And it's shown that he has some serious flaws in his offensive game as well. Now, in the month of July, he's only hitting 200. Granted, that's not that many games. It's only 10 games. Uh, and, and his last seven games, he's hitting 100. So he, he's really just not hot at all so the answer for a lot of people has been oh well the red sox want a spark off the bench coming out of the all-star break i know that's how my co-host on the midweek show feels um and among many others but for me it's just 
you can't justify this as a spark because the kid's not hot. And you can't say that this move is permanent because we don't have room for him in the outfield right now if Verdugo's not hurt, unless he's going to play in a, in a fourth outfielder role. And you don't bring up the farm, because really he is the farm, for a fourth outfield spot when he can play every day at, at Worcester. So there's absolutely no reason to make this move unless Verdugo is hurt. I'm not saying I want that to be the case, but I want this move to make sense. Terry, I know you disagree with this. Do you have reasons for that? Well, I'm on the pro-Duran wagon, and I have a history of being anti-everything, it seems like, with a lot of things. Um, This isn't a hill that I can necessarily die on. I can't really have a, a strong take on this, but if it is Verdugo to the injured list. I I do think that makes a ton of sense. If it's Chavis being optioned and and that's how he gets up here with a big club, then the defensive alignments in the outfield aren't going to be as good because Kike's probably got to come into second. Then we're, then how, how does it align? I mean, I think he, he's a center fielder. So do we trust him there at the big league level or do you want him in a smaller left field and perhaps Verdugo or Renfro and right? I mean, I say this a lot. Fenway is essentially two center fields because right field's so massive. Both of those position players have to cover a ton of ground. So if it's, if it's Chavis being optioned, it's it, it is tougher it is tougher there there are reports right now i i was trying to pull one up from the athletic um when you guys were giving your takes but i i don't have it uh i don't know what my log on is for this device but they do seem to be content with the fact that his defense has been improving and we heard connor wong being you know, not such a great defensive catcher and he came up and was fine and was gunning down runners at second base. So hopefully he's just going to rise to the occasion. Another thing we might get into in a minute, he's not on the 40 man. So that's a whole different obstacle altogether. But um, here's what I want to point out. We're not going to be facing tough pitching here for the next several weeks. We might hit Garrett Cole a couple of times in the two Yankee series. Okay. Not too optimistic there about Duran. After Garrett Cole, nobody on that Yankees rotation scares me. Nobody on the Toronto Blue Jays rotation really scares me. So I think we're kind of catching him at the right time here as far as pitching goes. Here's another thing. And we're going to get to the clock in a second as well. But as far as these next two weeks go, we don't know what we're shopping for. We don't know what Bloom's mindset is as far as trade deadline acquisitions. You got a couple of guys on the Cubs, but they're drastically different. You got Rizzo, who's at first base. That's the guy I want in a trade. But you also got Chris Bryant, who Bloom seems to love and tried to get him last summer. And... He's going to get Heim Bloom, Red Sox GM basically, or whatever his fancy title is. He's going to get a two-week look at Jaron Duran here. And he's going to be able to decide. I think the deadline's actually on July 30th this year. 
going into that final day, he's going to decide, can Duran do it for the next two months or will I need to acquire an outfielder? Is that going to be where my priorities lie? And hopefully Duran just works out. And then we get my boy Rizzo, who I know Jason doesn't want. But um, but the timing's okay. As far as addressing trade deadline needs, this two-week look at Duran will be adequate. Well, let's talk about the clock real quick because I think this is important. And what I mean by the clock is if the Red Sox call up Duran now as they are, they're going to lose one year on the back end of his deal at this point. So here's my take on that. I don't think Heim Bloom's going to be keeping these guys around. If they don't have an extension by the end of their fourth year or at some point in their fifth year, if there's no extension in place at that point, he's trading them. He's going to trade them. I don't. I think this farm system is going to be so deep I don't think Hein Bloom's going to be married to the idea of keeping certain players on this roster. You look at the trends around baseball right now. Fernando Tatis got locked up early. They didn't mess around. They locked him up early. There, I want to say there was at least one more recent player uh, as well. But Ronald Acuna Jr. is only last year. That's another one. Yeah, he did get locked up early at, at an insane team-friendly contract compared to what a lot of these other guys got. So, yeah, that, that would be an example. But but I just don't think – I think Duran's going to be either extended or traded before that final year even matters. I, I think that's what we're going to get with Heim Bloom. So, I it was funny because, like, I've still been against starting the clock on Duran, but when you look at his age, he's 24. For a prospect, he's actually pretty old. Like Acuna and all those guys, they came up before the age of 24. So as a prospect, he's actually kind of up there. Um, When you start the clock on a 24-year-old, you get a lot more time. And look, if this is Bloom's way of getting a look at Duran and seeing what he is for a couple of weeks and then deciding at the trade deadline, like, do I want to go and grab another player from the Cubs or whatever? Or do I want to include Duran in a trade package? Like, maybe Duran comes up and he's awesome and looks really good. And Bloom goes, you know what? I couldn't get this guy before. Like, maybe Duran, maybe uh, Bloom is looking at Trevor Story. I don't know why you would look at him because I don't know where you put him. Well, let's just, for argument's sake, let's say he's looking at Trevor Story. And the Rockies are saying, well, you know, we're we're impressed with Jeter Downs. We're impressed with Brian Mata or Connor. We need a little bit more. And Bloom's saying, okay, let me call up Duran. And let's have Duran play at the major league level and show Colorado that, hey, we can give you a major league level ready prospect in exchange for Trevor's story, maybe a little bit more. If that's what he's doing, okay, I can kind of see it. Again, Duran's not 20. He's not 19. He's 24. So you're looking at a guy who's already in his mid-20s. If you want to start the clock now, okay. I, you know, I'm still not a fan of it because I'm a fan of just keeping prospects 
in the minors as long as you can, letting them develop and kind of hone their craft as long as you can. But if that's the case, fine. I, I can sort of agree with that. Well, just to be clear, when I gave that example, I wasn't necessarily thinking that Duran would necessarily be in the trade package. Okay. But, yeah. you know, he'll just simply get demoted back to triple a they're they're basically just wondering if he's going to be good enough to go the second half here and if he's not okay put him back down there and we'll if we want to target an outfielder that's that's what we're going to do now i mean i hadn't thought of him being in a trade package could it happen we don't know we don't know heim bloom we we really don't we know what he is in a small market with a ton of constraints, but we don't know big market Heim Bloom. So, and your Rizzo example was a good one on the last show when I was saying it, it could be a possibility. And it, I mean, it, it makes sense in the conventional standpoint to, to get a rental, but does it make sense based on Bloom's history of what he does? And it doesn't. So, Eventually, we want to we want to know is there going to be a difference? Are we gonna are we gonna see him make big market moves? And maybe Duran. I mean, you got Kike for two more years. You got Verdugo for at least three more after this, and you got Renfro for at least two more. So could he be in a trade package? I suppose it's possible. I think the only trade package that involves Duran possibly out there on the market would have to include Whit Merrifield and it have to be with Kansas city. He's the only player that fills kind of a similar need. Who's already an all-star uh, who's cheap for the next couple of years, which has been Bloom's MO. I, I just don't see Duran getting moved. And in fact, I think this might actually hurt his trade value. You know, his spring training, he played 47 uh, games, had a thousand one hundred OPS uh, just about between the minor leagues and spring training. You're not going to get that kind of ability in a two-week span against teams like the Yankees and the Rays because we've talked about it before on the midweek show. This 15-game stretch, this is it. This is the division. So you're not going to be able to live with him struggling. You might have to put him in the bench. Uh, and you're not going to get hit, you know, let him struggle. The way that they've let Bobby Dahlbeck struggle or Franchi Cordero, you can't afford to do that on this stretch. This is not the Orioles and the and the Royals. This is the Yankees, the Rays, the Blue Jays. So you can't afford to do that. The reason that I don't care about the clock so much is when he comes up for free agency, he'll be 30. Right? Who, who cares? At that point, if you're going to sign him, you're going to sign him. Whether he's 30 or whether he's 31 won't make a difference. You'll know what he is, so I don't care about the clock. The reason I don't want him up is I don't think he's ready uh, offensively. I just don't think he can be the quote-unquote spark for this team. What I think is that there's probably multiple corresponding moves here. You're probably DFAing Santana, which we've talked about before on both shows, that Santana's the guy that has to go when you need the 40-man spot. Marwin Gonzalez is probably going to the hit-the-injured list here. And if Marlon Gonzalez hits the injured list, who's your utility infielder? Well, it's Kike Hernandez. So you have a little bit of a rotation shuffle. Now, it's, a, it's not a good time to have a rotation shuffle. You hate to do that. But if Kike Hernandez has to spell guys in the infield, 
and Verdugo needs a couple of extra days off because he's hurt, even if he doesn't go to the IL, then all of a sudden, you know, Verdugo's sitting two days a week, Kike's in the infield two days a week, and Duran's in the lineup four or five days a week. I can live with that. You know, if you have to shuffle pieces around because of injuries, that's okay with me. But if he's coming up here, he's coming up to play. I don't want him coming up here and getting shuttle, you know, being on the shuttle back and forth to Worcester. And I, I just don't think he's ready to be an impact player yet. And this is not the time to test him out. I know, you, Terry, you said we're not facing especially strong pitching. Okay, maybe not. But this is when the season's going to be decided. So this is, in my opinion, not the time to test him out unless you need to. I would almost rather have Franchi Cordero back up here knowing what he is than to try the unknown that is Jaron Duran right now. Because if he has a bad stretch against the Yankees and the Rays, and then in 15 days we're, you know, a couple of games out of first place, guess whose confidence is shot? Guess who the fan base is going to be booing? Not going to be Hein Bloom, because he's not on the field. It's going to be Jaron Duran. And it's not his fault. I just don't think... I think we've got more to gain than what we have to lose. If, yeah, if, I understand that. If he ends up being a total bust, I I just don't – we're just going to make a move at the deadline. And, and it's probably – I think it's still going to be for a first baseman. I think it's going to be for an infielder, if I'm being completely honest. Yeah. But – so. This is this is the question I would ask because uh, Joe, you kind of brought it up there. Would you prefer that the Red Sox trade Jaron Duran for Whit Merrifield, and that Whit Merrifield is your permanent second baseman because I think that's where he's probably at his best. Kike stays in center, whatever. Or would you rather keep Duran up for however long he's up here? It may it may not be for the rest of the year. He may just be up for a couple weeks. Um, you keep him up here. You don't make a major move at the deadline, and it's back to Kike in center, Christian Arroyo at second, and Durant's back in the minors. Which would you prefer? Well, so it depends on who you're giving up in order to go get Whit Merrifield, who I think is an absolute stud at second base, uh, and he's cheap. But you're yep. not going to just give up Duran. You probably have to give up Duran, Dahlbeck, and a piece, uh, okay. a big piece. Okay. And so... Would I do that? Absolutely. If you can go give him Dahlbeck, which I think is addition by subtraction, Dahlbeck for anybody, uh, and then include Duran, which is a question mark, and then another big piece, I would absolutely do that in a heartbeat for two seasons of Whit Merrifield Jr. I think the infield of Devers, Xander, Whit Merrifield Jr., and insert first baseman here is extremely talented not only up the middle but you can afford to have a, a first baseman hit 220 like Franchi Cordero might do if you have Whit Merrifield in the lineup yeah right Kike Hernandez is your seven hitter and that right. solves a lot of problems for this team and then going forward he's young and he's cheap so he has the same benefits to a Duran as far as contract flexibility for the next two seasons yep no, and, and the reason I brought that up is because Kansas City feels like the perfect trade partner for that because 
their pipeline right now, they've got infielders thrown out of their ears. Bobby Witt is their number one prospect. He's a shortstop. And they've already got Mondesi. So their middle infield is set. Oh, um, they're absolutely I, stacked. And we know that yeah. Bloom has a good relationship with them. I mean, he went and, and got Franchi Cordero for Andrew Benatendi. Right. They have a history of doing deals together, going back to his days in Tampa Bay even. Uh, and he has an in-depth knowledge of that system. He went and picked two guys from that system for Andrew Benatendi. He could give up some much more talented you know, prospects from the Sox system, which admittedly is not as deep as Kansas City, and then go and get a Whit Merrifield Jr. Because I'll tell you what, the draft that he just completed, we haven't really broken down the draft yet. and We won't be able to even know who's a stud for two years. But if, if he thinks that some of these guys that we just drafted, mainly Marcelo Meyer, are studs, that contract for Whit Merrifield Jr. is the perfect contract. Yep. Two years under contract after this one, you know, you ship him off and, and you bring up Marcelo Meyer to be your everyday second baseman or shortstop, depending on which way that goes. And he thinks his draft was one of the best drafts he's ever had. He, he's spoken about that and so have many of the beat writers. This is one of the best drafts the Red Sox have ever seen. So to me, that trade makes sense. Now, would Kansas City do that? I don't know. It depends on how long they're willing to commit to a rebuild. And it, it also depends on that division, which is not very stacked at the moment. This is a time when you could win that division. No, and, and if I'm Kansas City, I definitely consider doing that trade. Kansas City sucks. Like, they, they've got a long way to go. And and look, it, it, it suits the Red Sox because they need second base. I love Christian Arroyo, but they need second base help, and they need a leadoff hitter. And Merrifield is the perfect leadoff hitter. So, the only guy better than Merrifield is Cedric Mullins, as far as filling right. the leadership, uh, you know, the leadoff hitter role. And yep. no way we're going to get Cedric Mullins from the Orioles. No. Uh, there's just no chance. So for me, that's the move that makes sense, is to go get Whit Merrifield Jr. To, to play second base. And if Arroyo wants to play first base, slide him in there. Yeah. Or he can be your utility guy. Adios, Marwin Gonzalez. And then Bobby Dahlbeck plays first base. Oh, well. Right. Um, or if Bobby Dahlbeck's part of that trade, then Marwin plays first base and Arroyo moves around a little bit. And they kind of platoon at first, move around the rest of the time. No matter which way you play it, the Red Sox would be a better team with Whit Merrifield Jr. than they will be with Duran. And I know a lot of people are going to be listening to this podcast and say, well, this is an emergency podcast about how great Duran is going to save the franchise. And that's just not how I see it. I think anytime you bring up a prospect who's – home and away splits are as extreme as Duran's have been in AAA, you're basically scratching off a lottery ticket. That's, that's what you're doing. And as much as I hope that what he was in spring training is who he is, we can't afford to find out right now. That's just how I look at it. So for me, I would much rather them go get an established guy to be the leadoff hitter than hope Duran solves all their problems. Uh, but if Duran is up and, and he plays well, You'll catch me buying a Duran jersey come spring training of next year. It's just ma it's a matter of preference, and for me, my preference is always to go get the guy who's done it. Yeah, no, that's my whole thing. Is like I didn't want Duran up, but that scenario of bring him up, showcase him, and then put him in a package for Mer someone like Whit Merrifield, or if it doesn't have to be Whit Merrifield, it could be anybody. Just put him in a package for a big time major leaguer who can contribute to this team this year, I'm for it. Cause I just, otherwise I don't see the reason for this. 
Terry, I'm interested to see what your thoughts are as far as with Duran coming up, who do you think the odd man out is, assuming that there's no real major injury concerns among our starting outfielders? If Verdugo's not injured? Yeah, or assuming that he's only injured for two weeks, right, and he goes on the 10-day IL, you're going to send this kid back down, or is he going to find playing time? I don't think Bloom is married to any scenario as far as this season with Duran goes. I think he's just going to he's gonna try him out right now, like I said, before the deadline. But if it works, I think we're all happy with that. And, and, and if it doesn't, he's going to get sent down. And he's, he's probably not coming back up until the September call-ups. But as far as the odd man out goes, it has to be Chavis. It has to be Chavis. I can't, I mean, yeah, Marwin is trash, but he doesn't have options. And he's got the relationship with Cora. I just don't see any future right now with with Michael Chavis. And well, so Terry, here's my thing as far as Michael Chavis goes. I agree with you. He's got to be one of the odd men out, but his playing time is nowhere near enough to then say, okay, Duran has the Michael Chavis role. What the hell's the Michael Chavis role? You just sit on the bench. Well, now, now that that was just to get him on the 26 man roster. So Chavis okay. is gone as far as that goes. At that point, you're talking about alignments after that. So how do you get Duran in, in the lineup? And I was just I was just going through an article, and Jason Mastrodonato uh, is under Mass the, Live, yep. Yeah, actually Boston Herald for him. Um, but he is under the impression that Kike's coming to the infield, <laughs> and I don't think anybody's crazy about that, but. But you you have to – there's going to be no perfect scenario with him, and it's going to be on Duran to to perform fast. Yeah, I mean, the pressure is on anytime you're at Yankee Stadium. Uh, I'm sure we all agree on that. But as far as I'm concerned, this week is the most important week of the season for the Red Sox. They scuffled a little bit at the end of the first half. Their minds were kind of on the all-star break. Guys like Kike Hernandez was saying, oh, well, I guess we don't need an extra day off like the rest of the league. This team looked gassed. They were talking about being tired. They really need a spark. I, I hope that Duran is it. I hope this week they come out and they stomp the Yankees, which we've been doing all year, uh, and separate ourselves a little bit from the pack. I just don't think that this move, unless there's a corresponding move that is Alex, uh, you know, Alex Verdugo, is the right move. If Verdugo is going on the injured list, I mean, hell, I'll take a flyer on Duran, and I don't care about starting his clock over Franchi Cordero. We know what Franchi Cordero is, and he's not your everyday left fielder. I only want to see him at, at first base. But let, let me throw this scenario out to you. or it was, a, it was a past scenario going into the 2017 trade deadline. We were handcuffed, and Red Sox ownership said to Dave Dombrowski, you're not going over the luxury tax. So we couldn't get a guy like Mike Moustakis. We couldn't afford Mike Moustakis. So what ended up happening was we had to call up Devers, 
And like Duran, everybody was horrified about his defense at that time. Your, your defense doesn't matter all that much when the two guys to your right and left or, you know, to your right are two of the best defenders in the game. Like you can afford to have a hole in your outfield, in left field, if you have two center fielders playing center and right. We did it with Manny Ramirez and it worked. Now, Duran doesn't have the bat that Manny Ramirez does. Um, if he does, then we've struck absolute gold. Like, then, then Heim Bloom deserves a statue. But that's just not the case. Well, I'm talking about Devers, though, coming up, and and he wasn't ready. He, By all accounts, he was not ready to play third base, but they had no choice but to call him up because they couldn't make a move at the deadline. So that was a situation. You are pinning the second half of this season on Rafael Devers. Now, they did, they did call in. Uh, they did trade for Eduardo Nunez, which seemed underwhelming at the time. He was quite the the spark plug in that second half of that season before hurting himself uh, right as the playoffs got going. And Pedroia was on and off the, the disabled list as well, um, you know, because he never really recovered from the, the Machado incident uh, with that slide at second base. But that, that was a situation where you're pinning it on your prospect because you got no choice. We're not, we don't have that type of pressure with Duran. We're simply looking at him. And if it doesn't work, we've got options, whether it's internally or externally. We have options. So I'm not, I don't think it's even a critical move at this point. I think, I think we have the luxury of just seeing how it works and writing it out, you know? So I don't, I think Chavis needs to go and you're probably going to put, according to the Boston Herald, they think Duran's going into center field, which is insane to me. I think he should go to, uh, at least at home games, I, I think he should be in left field at Fenway. But um, but that that's how it would work. And Verdugo's going to be on his left side. Renfro will be on his right. They'll try that alignment. If they don't like it, Cora might shuffle it and and, and then put him in, in left field. And Kike's coming to the infield. Uh, so there, there's no perfect alignment right now. If Verdugo is the guy that goes on the IL, then okay. Then then it's a little easier because Kike can, can stay out in center. Um, yeah, I'm wondering, does Dahlbeck get sent down? You know, I don't think he gets sent down. I think we would have had that move before the deadline. I'm interested to see what Jason thinks about this option, though. I think if the Red Sox can take five of the six games against the Yankees that we have coming up in this next week, uh, do the Yankees become sellers at the deadline? And therefore, does that make Luke Voigt available? That could soften the first base market. And then you could go and get a first baseman like Anthony Rizzo for a little bit cheaper. One more big option okay. as a bat on the market. Okay. So I, at first I thought you were advocating for Luke Voigt to be traded to the Red Sox. And that was, <laughs> that's a horrifying scenario. I don't, that guy with his button down shirt and the gold chain hanging out. Like, no, I don't, I don't need that. Um, I'm still not a fan of Rizzo coming back to the Red Sox. I know. Sorry, Terry. I, and sorry, Red Sox fans who are still pining over the fact that we didn't keep him. But no, 
Oh, I'm not that. I I don't know. At this point, your first base has it really been a detriment to you? You're still in first place. Like, Brandon Dahlbeck hasn't been great. I you know, but he's a young kid. You know, stick. I, I'm okay with sticking with him a little bit longer. My biggest fear through all of this, the whole Duran call up, is that you're gonna put Duran center field and you can put Kike back at center at second base, and. KK is a much better outfielder than he is an infielder. We saw that the first part of the year. Like, you're going to lose on outfield defense. You just will. And honestly, Verdugo as an outfielder is average at best. I don't think he's great. I think Renfro now becomes your best defensive outfielder. So get ready. Get ready. For all of you that still pay for the Boston Globe, not that – Anyone does because you'd have to be 95 years old to do so. But get ready. Pete Abraham and Alex Spear are firing up their pens. They're, they're getting ready to tell you about how oh, you, we told you you missed Jackie Bradley Jr. Now you brought Jaron Duran. He's not as good defensively. Like, I'm telling you, this is going to happen. Like, keep Kike Hernandez in center field, please. Like, this is what's bothering me so much about this is that every every evaluator, every scout that you hear, tells you that Duran is not ready in the outfield. The bat if, might if be If Duran is not ready in the outfield, Jason, and they're going to play him anyway, why not hide? And this is just my opinion. I'd play him in left. Okay. Right? That, and then I put Kike in, in center and Renfro in right. Now, if you put Kike at second base, I'd put Renfro in center and Verdugo in right, I don't think you lose all that much with Renfro versus Kike. I think the drop-off is Verdugo versus Renfro in right. So, so I don't hate, you know, Duran in left field. I, I hate him in center field. And as far as I'm concerned, I think Renfro's your best defensive outfielder anyway. I think he's better than Kike. Yeah. And I think Verdugo last season played a pretty good right field. So to me, I don't think you lose all that much defensively with, with Kike so much as if if Duran suddenly can't play the wall and it's like having Manny Ramirez out in left field, we're in trouble. So for me, it's not so much playing the wall in, in Fenway. That, that can be learned. Uh, like you said, Manny learned how to play it, and Manny was a terrible defensive outfielder. It's the away ballparks. Can he play left field in Oakland? which is a big ballpark. Can you play left field in Toronto, which is, you know, whoever, wherever the hell they're playing, Dunedin or Buffalo. I don't even know what stadium they're going to play in the second half. Um, can you play left field in Minnesota? Like, it's not so much Fenway that bothers me. It's the away ballparks where Duran's going to be out there. Fenway is probably the most forgiving left field you can imagine in the American League. So, Sure. I have no problem putting him in left field in Fenway because, yeah, basically in Fenway it's just you play shallow, and then if a ball sits over your head, you turn around, you play it off the wall. Okay, yeah. they If Manny Ramirez can learn how to do that, I'm sure that Jaron Duran can learn how to do that. It's more so, you know, what about in Baltimore? Even Baltimore sucks, but, like, if you get a ball hit over your head in Baltimore in left field, you're chasing after it. That's a deep left field. Like, it's more so the other ballparks that I worry about. Like, and Grant, I'm not usually one to worry that much about outfield defense because I think it's largely overrated. 
But if this kid is that bad that scouts and evaluators are telling you, hey, he's not major league ready, that's a problem. And I'm sorry, but I still think that Kiki Hernandez is worse defensively in the infield than he is in the outfield. I think Kike enjoys playing the, the outfield a lot more. And for a guy like him who's a veteran, who's been around, like, I don't know. I feel like when he's comfortable in the outfield, he just performs better. Now, you know, look, he's still going to hit 240, 245. That's who he is as an offensive player. But he makes great plays in the outfield. On the infield, when he's playing second base, we've seen him botch couple of routine ground balls we've seen him just not be that great defensively and again i worry about a guy like christian arroyo who i like i like christian arroyo i know he gets hurt a lot but he's a good player and he was you know like a base job for a long time and now all of a sudden because he got hurt like we're just gonna toss him out he's gonna be a bench guy i just the whole alignment with duran coming up just worries me a lot. I just I'm not a fan. Well, that that's why I mentioned Dahlbeck getting option because Andrew mentioned it in the war room, and I've seen other people post about it in the last several hours on social media. If Dahlbeck goes down, Arroyo goes to first, and and that's that's how you keep him in the lineup. Yeah, I, I don't hate Arroyo at first. I, I kind of was preaching it early in the season anyway when, when Dahlbeck was struggling and Arroyo was hot. Just get Arroyo in the lineup however you need to get him in the lineup. Dahlbeck plays a pretty good first base. He just can't hit. So if you if it's plug and play the hot guy at first base, I'm okay with that. I'd be okay with Franchi Cordero at first base over Dahlbeck at this point. What I don't want is Duran to come up, Kike to go to the infield, and then all of a sudden, Durant is not hitting. We're being, quote-unquote, patient with Durant the way that Cora always is when he brings guys up. The trade deadline goes by because they think he's the answer. And then we're screwed. Because well, we didn't go get the outfielder that we need. Because somehow Durant's going to figure it out in, in the, the one or two days where he actually has time to practice over the course of the rest of the season. And then... You're stuck with a, a black hole in the outfield because that's that's what he is defensively, really, is, is a black hole. And then he's not hitting. He needs to, If he's going to come up and play a, a, a crappy outfield, he needs to rake. And right now on the road, when he's away from you know the Worcester launching pad, as Jason calls it, he does not rake. So for me, this move is just concerning. I, I hope that I'm wrong. I, I'm one of those guys who I'll, I'll be the negative one in the room, as you guys know. But when it comes time to cheer for Jaron Duran, when he gets a double off of Garrett Cole, I'll be giving him a standing ovation for 30 seconds longer than the next guy. But he's got to do it. And if he comes up and he has a, a tough start, well, then where do you go from there? Especially if they don't make a move at the deadline, which... The more I think about it, the less I think that Hein Bloom wants to buy anything. So I'm concerned. It's this is the most complex trade deadline that I can ever remember. Cause I think we're good as far as starting pitching goes. I think we're good as far as the bullpen goes. 
would we decline an upgrade to either of those areas? No, absolutely not. If, if an opportunity presented itself, but, but I think we need to shore up the offense. I, I think we need to balance out that lineup a little bit better. I hate having Dahlbeck and Marwin in the bottom third. That's just begging for 0 for 8 on the night or 1 for 7. I don't want to see that. So, but I'm so Terry. Then let me ask you this. Let me ask Jason as well. If you had one thing you could name as a priority going into the second half, and then into the deadline, those that's kind of a two-party question. What is it? I want Anthony Rizzo. Offense? Is it defense? Is it pitching? Anthony Rizzo. He's my guy. He's my guy because so first base is your answer, Terry. That that's your black hole. I would I would I would seek an upgrade right there. Yeah, because who do you have? I mean, you got Dahlbeck and you got Franchi. You can. You're not wrong. I'm not saying you're wrong. I mean, Arroyo (laughs) in a pinch, right? You're not wrong. Or Arroyo, yeah, yeah, true. But. Jason, what's your answer to that question? No, so I was going to say, like, if it comes down to Arroyo having to play first base, uh, go get Anthony Rizzo. I I don't want Arroyo playing first base. I I don't think he's a first baseman. uh, I'm sure he can play it. Dahlbeck is healthy. Franchi is in the wings. Yeah, I don't care about Franchi. Third option. If not, Christian Vasquez. Oh, God. What is what is your priority for this team going into the second half? Okay. What do they need yeah. to add? What do they need to fix? I I still say I think first base, for sure. Um, I because quite honestly, Franchi, you can shoot him into the sun. I, I, I I'm done with Franchi. I don't care. Um, I don't want to see Christian Vasquez playing first base either because that's a joke. Um, I just base is a problem. I think the pitching rotation. I'm okay with if you can get a starter, like a back end starter for cheap, like dirt cheap, um, no top prospects being dealt, fine. Just someone to spell Garrett Richards or Martin Perez at this point, because those two guys are clown shows to me at this point. The bullpen I'm not worried about. Bullpen's fine. I'm I'm not worried about the bullpen. Um, so you and I are all in a different spot, right? This game is so much easier to play with Andrew. Than it, than it is with you, Jason, because you're also <laughs> negative. This is, this is tough. So for me, the answer is not first base. The okay. answer is starting pitching. <laughs> the reason for that is the only two starts that this rotation has missed all season were replaced by Tanner Houck, and they weren't even injuries. That was because Eduardo Rodriguez wasn't ready. Yeah. If we go into a four-game series right now with the rotation that we have, I think we could get shelled rather in a seven-game series with a four-man rotation. I think we could get absolutely shelled. We only have one real stopper out there right now. I don't think we'll go get starting pitching because they keep preaching about how Chris Sale is the answer. I don't think Chris Sale is the answer because Chris Sale's coming off Tommy John surgery. To me, the holy grail of this deadline for any team Max is Scherzer. Marquez from Colorado. Oh, Marquez, yeah. Jason got into that last episode. I, I know he did, and that's why I'm bringing him up. I think Marquez is the guy. And to me, yep. if Duran comes up and rakes for two weeks, guess who's going to Colorado? Duran, Dahlbeck, anybody else on the farm they want, they can have him. I'm taking Marquez, and he's going right at the top of the rotation, and then adios Eddie Rodriguez. Let him walk. 
as Terry's been preaching for the last two months. The first two months of the season, Terry was like, we got to sign him to an extension. This, this guy, sign him while he's cheap. And now he's saying, got to let him go. So, I, well, okay, I'm, so, hang on, hang on. Whoa, 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 whoa. I mean, I probably would sign, uh, I would sign uh, Erod, but I don't think Bloom's going to. That That's my angle there. I just, we got tons of depth next year, so. I don't oh, think he's going to. Bear, Terry. I know that's you... your answer. I'm just, oh, okay. just going to get a rise out of you a little bit. Yeah, no, that's cool. I get it. And before Jason goes, because I know he, he wants to touch on Colorado, um, Chris Sale, Nathan Avoldi, Nick Pavetta, that's an okay one, two, three for the postseason. If Erod's still here, I think he's getting traded. I think he's getting traded. Throw, throw him in the deal. Give him to a team that's contending. I don't care. Go yeah. to the first baseman free run. Which wouldn't be Colorado in that case. but um, No, but somebody who's contending who could use a starting pitcher. But Do they have a first baseman? If I'm wrong, though, and he's here this October, he's a big game pitcher as well. We've seen it with Houston. He pitched well against New York. And there was one other team he pitched pretty well against within the last few weeks. So I'm, Erod in the postseason doesn't scare me. But, so I still think we're okay. And I think Tanner Houck will be stretched out by September and to the to where he'll be an option for the rotation if they want to do it. But, you know, so I, yeah. But go ahead, Jason. You mentioned in the last show you're a big, you know, Marquez guy. You can yeah. acquire CJ Crone as well. And I like that deal. I wouldn't be sour after not getting Anthony Rizzo for that deal, but yeah. Yeah. I, I, I would certainly go after Marquez um, and I would start the package with Duran and Dahlbeck and I would even stretch it. I would like CJ Crone. I would love to get Ryan McMahon. Now I don't think you're getting McMahon no. because I, Terry's shaking his head. Yeah. I, I know Terry's against this. Uh, I think McMahon is one of those guys that are going to try and build around. Oh, he um, is. I just think he's untouchable yeah. is what I'm saying. It, yeah. It'd be like it, us trading. Uh, I can't even think of an example, but it, Costas would probably be an extreme example. But, you know, we wouldn't yeah. trade a, a guy. I think he is absolutely a building block. Uh, no, a Kevin keep Nicholas in mind. Guy. Yeah, now keep in mind, McMahon is 26. He's going to be 27 next year, so... He's he's been up for a while now. I think he still has plenty of team control under him, so that might be the reason why Colorado has no desire to move on from him. Um, but if you can get Marquez and CJ Crone for a package that includes like Duran and Bobby Dahlbeck and whatever, then I go for it at this point. I I just you need pitching. You you need starting pitching. I because I disagree with Terry. I I think that. I think that Avaldi and Sale in the postseason, that's a good start. I'm not sure Pavetta is a postseason starter. I'm also not sure that Sale's going to be healthy. And if you say that and, you're sure he's going to be the old Chris Sale, you're lying. And I'm not sure Sale's going to be healthy. Yeah. So I'm not sold on, and I'm not sold on Eduardo Rodriguez as an October pitcher. I'm sorry. Like I maybe two years ago I was, but now, no, I'm not sold on that. I, I think they need another big game starter. So, and I'm not saying Marquez is that because Herman Marquez has never been in a big game in his life. 
because he's he's pitched for the Colorado Rockies his whole career. So I'm certainly not saying he's that, but I think he's got good stuff. And I think if he were to come to Boston, change the scenery, he gets into a playoff atmosphere, maybe you strike lightning there. I don't know. You know, um, the the, but. the other option, Jason, and I don't want to go down the road of who we can trade for to fix this team. I don't, I don't want to do that. But the only other team that really intrigues me as far as where can we move Bobby Dahlbeck is can we move prospects for Kyle Gibson and Nate Lowe from the Rangers? I don't like it. That solves your first base problem, and that gives you a starting pitcher. So I I say no on that because the Rangers aren't going to give up Nate Lowe. Kyle Gibson, they might give up. Nate Lowe, that, that was a steal from the Rays. The Rays were stupid to give up Nate Lowe. Like they were morons to let him go. Um, I, mean, I, I just I love Nate Lowe. I think he's the the he's, answer at first base for some team. He's hitting he's, 260 this year. Yeah. He's got 12 homers. I, I just I think he is the first base option. He's 26 years old, so he's the same age as Dahlbeck. He's in his second yeah. season, much like Bobby Dahlbeck. He's just well, much better than Bobby Dahlbeck. Keep in mind that the Rangers are probably about to trade Joey Gallo to the Yankees. Oh, no, uh, the straight deadline. That's, that's so gonna they're, they're going to lose scary. Gallo. No, that's the Yankees scary. are stupid. The yeah. Yankees are stupid. It's it, it's their number one trade, pro, you know, target. And it's like, oh, congrats! You're going to give up a bunch of prospects for Joey Gallo. You could have signed uh, Kyle Schwarber for less money and given up less prospects. But no, let's I, I almost Joey hope Gallo. the Yankees are the Yankees do well against us. I'm not hoping they win this week. But I'm hoping they play well enough to convince themselves that they should be buyers <laughs> in two weeks and not and not sellers because they, they don't concern me at all. They're eight oh. games out right now, and if they're twelve games out, they're probably not buying. But if they're five games out, Joe, we we could sweep them and they'll still convince themselves they're they're buyers. So it, it, Brian Cashman's <laughs> that dumb of a GM. He's going to trade for Joey Gallo, and the Rangers, because of that, are not going to trade Nate Lowe. So I would love Nate Lowe. He's awesome, but no, they stole him from the Rays. The Rays are stupid to give him up. And Kyle Gibson, no, thank you. Yeah, no. he's, he's he's doing well right now, but he was a career. He's like Martin Perez. He's gonna he's a blow career, up at any time and get yeah, hurt. Yeah, career failed Twins pitcher. No, thank well, you. Well, so you have to you have to take on the hope that is Kyle Gibson to get Nate Lowe. That's where I was going with that. You know, I, yeah. I think Nate Lowe is your answer at first base if you can get him. He's 26, same age as Dahlbeck. He's just Dahlbeck, but better. At every at every facet of his game, he's better. Okay. No way the Rangers give him up. So I was wrong on on Ryan McMahon. He I he's he's only got two years of control beyond this, so he he would be a, a possible acquisition. I, I thought he had at least four or five years left of control, so I, I didn't think that was realistic. But he could be a, a potential. Uh, target absolutely. Mar- Marquez having a great year. He's also got two years of control beyond this. That's something that Bloom would like. Uh, a little bit unproven. This is probably um, I'll look at it now. His one of his best career years. At, well, twenty twenty wasn't bad in a in a short sample size. Three seventy seven ERA in in twenty eighteen. So I guess he's been a solid middle of the rotation guy. Uh, I I'd still be surprised if they if they look at the the rotation as a, as a huge priority, but um, it, see, I sound super negative, and this is what people accuse us of on this podcast. I sound super negative about everybody. 
right now, and we're in first place by a game and a half. That, that's not how I feel We're about slipping, though. We are slipping. Like, Tampa's got the momentum. Oh, we don't. So you're preaching to the choir there, Terry. Not only are we slipping against Tampa, but the rest of our division is going to make moves. I mean, Jason mentioned it. The Yankees are probably going to get Gallo. The Blue Jays are, are favored to get Nelson Cruz, who is, defies aging with whatever his steroids are. We got to get those, like, ASAP um, going across the league for offense. But as far as I'm concerned, if they get Nelson Cruz and George Springer gets healthy, all of a sudden, you know, they're nasty. And they already have our number offensively. If they can go get a starting pitcher, what if they go get Marquez? You know, they go get Marquez and then all of a sudden they get Nelson Cruz, then they're dangerous. And they're only, you know, if they go 3-3 three and three with us and, and they take a couple from the Mets, who are their other opponent, because they missed DeGrom, well, then all of a sudden they're four games out come August. And we have five games against them. They have 10 games left in the division. A lot of those games are against Baltimore. They scare me a lot. The Rays, they're always good down the stretch. They scare me. The Yankees, they don't scare me because they're stupid. But they're just, the division's going to get better. And we need to also get better. And I don't think Duran is your answering move to a Nelson Cruz. He's not your answering move to a, a Joey Gallo. Or if the Rays bring up, you know, whoever their number one pitching prospect is. I don't have no idea who it is. But if they have a guy who can pitch, guaranteed he's going to go there and he's going to be go from Jeffrey Springs on the Red Sox to Jeffrey Springs on the on the Rays. He's going to be nasty. Toronto, Toronto, as currently constituted, with no offensive moves whatsoever, can destroy our rotation and destroy our bullpen. Exactly, and they're going to make offensive moves. But well, what I'm getting at here is they need to make pitching moves. They yeah. can beat us in those other areas. They need they need pitching. And if Brian Cashman goes and gets Joey Gallo, that doesn't solve Montgomery, Herman pitching at the back of the rotation. They have to get pitching too. At the back. They're they're in the middle. They're two and three. Yeah. I mean, the Yankees suck. No, I know, but that's what I'm saying. The the Yankees both those teams need to heavily prioritize pitching. I, I, yeah. just, I think the Blue Jays, and, and Jason, I, I hope you agree with this. I think the Blue Jays are dangerous. I think they could very much make a run at us more so than New York. And I think they will go get pitching. They they know they need it, and they could go get it. So I, I think the Blue Jays are dangerous. Uh, they do need pitching. I'm not sold on the Robbie Ray career resurgence. I, I feel like that guy's his second half, he's going to fall apart. Robbie Ray... This is not who Robbie Ray is. So I do feel like Toronto's going to go and get pitching. I hope they don't go and get Marquez because that would suck for the Red Sox. I feel like that's a guy that would be perfect for them. Um, but the, they'll go and get someone. Yeah, absolutely. And you're right. Like, the Yankees will be stupid because the Yankees have the dumber GM of these three teams. So they'll go and get Joey Gallo and they go, oh, see, everything's fixed. Everything's fixed. We're going to go from... 82 wins to 84 wins. Everything's fixed. No problem. You know, we're still going to start Jordan Montgomery every five days. Like, no, it, it's not going to solve anything. I do feel like Toronto knows they need pitching. Um, I hope it's not Marquez. I I hope that they go and, you know, I hope the Red Sox get to that first premium trade target in the rotation before they do. But let's face it, Toronto probably has more to offer. Than the Red Sox too. Oh, and, definitely. And, and if that's... you look across the league, there's not that many buyers. Who yeah, it's going to be a problem. Rotation guys. 
there's the guys who are separated from everyone else, which is, you know, the Dodgers, the Padres, San Francisco, Milwaukee, the Mets, and then the American League East. Like, that's the separation, right? So you have maybe six buyers and everybody else is a seller, which is not what we expected when they tried to force this whole expanded playoffs BS on us. There's there's really not that many buyers. There's not that many close division races because people are cheap and people are hurt. I think Miami's a seller. I think Washington's a seller. Both have great pitching. I think Pittsburgh and C- and St. Louis and Chicago are all sellers. Everybody wants pieces from Chicago, but if Adam Frazier gets moved from the Pirates, I mean, he's hitting 330. That's a center fielder right there that could be an impact bat for somebody. You know, he's going to be cheap. The Rays could go get him, and then all of a sudden they're dangerous. And I just think that there's, there's some options, and he's cheap. There are options all over the field for other teams in our division to go get guys. And I think they're more willing to do it than Heim Bloom is. So if Duran is not the answer, I think we're in trouble. I, I really do. I think we're slipping. Uh, I would the only edit I would make to that is I don't think Miami is going to sell any of their pitching. Miami's pitching is good. That their rotation is going to carry them. And they're young. Yeah, but yeah. They're they're so young Sixto and they're Sanchez under team control. Hurt. I mean, Sixto Sanchez is hurt, right? But then behind them, behind him, you have three maybe four guys who could be middle of the rotation arms uh, for a lot of teams. So I don't know. They might move on from one of those guys. I think they could move on in, from Starling Marte and then also from a pitcher in order to get more high-end depth. Yeah. I think Kim Ang is going to do something. She's going to be an impact person at this deadline and it's not going to be buying because that whole division – even though some of those teams are close, Dombrowski's going to go for it because that's who he is. Everybody else in that division should be selling. The Braves just lost Acuna Jr. Your chances of winning the division are gone. That's that's how I look at it. So that that should be a close division, but it's going to not be a close division because of injuries, because of trades. Everybody there is going to be a seller. I think Scherzer is going to be on the market at, at the end of this month. Uh, and there are going to be a couple of other options too. So there's going to be a lot of pitching out there, and I just don't think Heim Bloom. He's going to go get some, and I think Toronto's going to go get him. I think the Rays are probably going to make a, a sneaky good move because that's what the Rays do. And I think the Yankees might go spend a lot of money on a guy like Max Scherzer. I really think it's possible that they go get Max Scherzer and they say, okay, boom, now we have Max Scherzer and Joey Gallo. We're going to win this thing. Because if they don't win this thing before Stanton's money is dead money for all intents and purposes – they're in real trouble for the next seven, eight years. They're going to have a painful decade. I have, I'm already convinced of that. Before we wrap, I've got one more player that we could possibly acquire. Not many people on the East Coast are probably too familiar with him because he plays on the West Coast. But how about Dodgers utility man Chris Taylor? Jason so, doesn't like it. <laughs> I know Jason doesn't like it based on his face. I'm a little biased. I actually just came from a ball game for the Newport Gulls where Chris Taylor played his college summer ball. Um, you know, he is a great player at his position. Um, we don't need his position. The last thing we need, in my opinion, is another utility guy. We have five of those. Wait, he's hitting I'm, 270s. I'm 
277 with an 834 OPS. So he's well above the league average uh, this year. Uh, on the so road. Can he play first base, Terry? Can he play first base? He's a middle infielder or a corner outfielder. So. Okay, so if he's going to play second base and then Kike stays in center, okay with it. But you just brought up Jaron Duran. So what are you going to trade Duran for a. Uh... For Chris Taylor? No, you wouldn't. That he, this guy's a rental, um, so it wouldn't nearly cost that much. But, but this is a move you make if Duran fails. Is 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 why you make this move. The other thing too is we've done business with the Dodgers. We gave them Mookie. They gave us that trade package. Friedman. The was... Dodgers are going all in, Terry. But the Dodgers are they're in too much. And especially now if, if they lose Bauer, which it looks like they're going to, based on the fact that his administrative leave just got extended another two weeks. They he, can't afford he's not coming back this year anyway. No, I know, but yeah. they still can't afford to blow it up. I mean they, they can't afford to be Oh, that's not a blow it up move. That's that's if, just if anything, a... they're gonna be adding pieces. I, I think that they might be in the market for a guy like Marquez. They still have one of the top, you know, young talent systems in, in the league. I think they're going to be adding at the deadline, not not subtracting at all. Yeah, but I the, don't think that it's a realistic move. The thing is, if they want to add Marquez, Chris Taylor is not going to be a part of that equation. You're not trading. Really, no, not at all. You're, you're not trading Chris Taylor for Marquez. Chris Taylor is my point. That's no, a separate that. move. You're you can. Yeah. Yeah. That's not, well, I'm not. I'm not equating the two. What I'm saying is, I don't think they move on from a rental type guy who could be an impact bat when they're going into a, a postseason run with, say, the Giants and the Padres. Because down the stretch, that division is the one to watch. As far as competitive outside of our division, that division is going to be a bloodbath. Yeah. We, everyone on the show in our pre, you know, preseason show, we all picked either the Dodgers or the Padres to come out of that division. No one in the entire league except the San Francisco Giants picked the Giants. But, hell, that's another team that could be adding. A lot of teams are going to be – a lot of moving parts. I just don't see the Dodgers moving away from a guy like Chris Taylor who's succeeding at, at the moment for somebody who's unknown quantity. I still think he's expendable, and they're going to go get pitching regardless and and probably be, be a better team after the deadline. But but there there is a relationship there between Bloom and Friedman. So I, I just yeah. think Definitely. it's – Definitely, and you know what? If Bloom can be Friedman, if Bloom can do what Friedman's done – then, then he gets his statue. Then he can be treated like Theo Epstein, Jason, as, as you alluded to. But until then, until he wins a World Series, my leash for Bloom is short, and this Duran decision looms large, as does this deadline. So I, I agree with you, Terry. I think the Dodgers want to add pitching. So that's my concern with the potential Chris Taylor deal. What are you giving up? Eddie because... Rodriguez for Chris Taylor, straight up? Yeah, see, I, no, I'm not doing that. No, absolutely not. <laughs> No, as down as I am on Rodriguez, like I'm not getting up for what? How old is Chris Taylor now? 33, 34. Like he's he's a journeyman who struck gold in L.A. Like I'm not giving up a top pitching prospect or even a major league ready rotation piece for Chris Taylor. What about, I think he's a what about a Dahlbeck type guy? I mean, done. sure. Done. Yeah, <laughs> it, you know what? You know what? It's if it, the Dodgers. It might cost if the Dodgers less than are that. Not stupid. Sure. If the Dodgers are stupid enough to be like, we want Bobby Dahlbeck for Chris Taylor, fine. Have him. No problem. I'll, I'll do that. I'll drive Bobby to the airport. Yeah. Pay for I, his plane ticket. Yep. I hate driving into Logan because it's a mess, but I'll drive Bobby Dahlbeck to Logan Airport. No problem. I'll, I'll do it. Any time of the day he wants. 
for Chris Taylor, yeah. But a top pitching prospect or anyone who's like major league ready in this rotation, no. I'm not giving that up for Chris Taylor. Chris Taylor is a fine player. He's a good player. He's been a good player for a long time. But no, he is not. Chris Taylor is not going to be the guy that puts you over the edge to put the Red Sox in World Series contention. So, so here's the issue with that, Jason. This is going to be my last thing here, Terry, before we sign off, I'm sure. But for me, we have a 40-man roster crunch. We've talked about it many times. We'll have to break it down on an episode at some point. You can't load up on guys who are in their mid-20s who might someday become something for the Red Sox. We are not Tampa Bay. I don't want a 31-year-old AAA player coming up to plug and play every day. That's not who we are. We have to package some of these guys and go get somebody who can actually do something for this season, 22, 23 even maybe, fine. But we have so many guys at AAA, like Marcus Wilson, for example. They're fine ball players. They're never going to be in Boston. So get them off our 40-man roster and get us somebody who can play. So I hope Heim Bloom takes three or four of these minor leaguers puts Bobby Dahlbeck in something, and ships him out. Go get me somebody who can play first base and hit 250. Or go get me a pitching a pitching arm who isn't going to be an embarrassment when he faces a team like the Astros. Yeah, I'll tell you what. I, I'll, take the, uh, I'll take any Anthony Rizzo deal over a Chris Taylor deal because at least Rizzo is a true first baseman, and he hits for power. So let's go. Chris Taylor is actually 30. He'll be 31 next month, so he's, he's not that old. His, so he's, he's the same age as Aaron Judge? Yeah. He's been with the Dodgers yeah. since 2016, was with Seattle before them. His worst season with the Dodgers, he hit 254 with an OBP of 331. Sign him. So, him. I mean, that's just stability, I feel like, and it's an upgrade over Marwin. It's give them Bobby Dahlbeck and any of the guys at AAA that they want, because none of those guys are going to matter a year from now. Go give them Ort. Ort's look good. Give them Ort or Brennan or any of these guys at AAA who suck. Uh, give them any of those guys. If they want to play lottery, let them play it. Go get somebody who can play first base. And you Otherwise, know, I don't, I'm not into it. Their bullpen isn't even that great, so maybe maybe that's the piece. Maybe Bizarro goes in the deal or something like that. Done. Ink it. <laughs> it's not no. going to cost much. It's not going to cost no. much. But uh. Chris Taylor isn't a bad player, though. That's what I mean. He doesn't win you the World Series. Does he win you the World Series? He gives you stability. If he's playing no. first base over Bobby Dahlbeck and he's hitting 277. No, he he's not a first baseman. But he's you, not. You can make a first baseman somewhere. You put, put yeah, a you can. over there. So why why give up Bizarro for, for someone who's a journeyman who might be able to play first base? I, I mean, does Bizarro have a future? We're not does, even using Bizarro. We haven't seen Bizarro all year. Yeah, I know. Yeah. He, might, he might be your future closer after Barnes is done. Uh, oh yeah, three years from now. I don't yeah. think so, but I'm not saying know. he won't be a solid piece at some point. But, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It was it was just a name, but I like Rizzo more anyway. So he's gonna be I, my Job, number one guy. Job, I want you on on your next <laughs> midweek show. I want you to tell Andrew to his face on camera that you're willing to trade Bizarro for Chris Taylor. And I want you. I, and I, I want. To and do I, this. Harry, I want you to screen cap Andrew's reaction to that. 
I want you to screen cap his face. We could. I'm put... willing to trade anybody, Jason. That's that's my thing. I'm like I'm like uh, Dave Dombrowski out here at the deadline because oh. we have so many guys at AAA who don't have a road to the big leagues for this season or next season, and I don't want a bunch of guys who are 26 years old making their major league debuts. That's just, that's just where I'm at. By the time you're an impact I, player, you're in your 30s. I, I, I just happen to like a good farm system. I, you know. I, I like a good farm system, but those guys could be double-A and single-A players. They don't need to be on your 40-man roster. Yeah. They just don't. Tristan Casas is playing at double-A right now. He had a home run tonight. He's absolutely raking. A year from now, yeah. he's going to be in the big leagues. Let him skip triple-A. doesn't matter. Oh, I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, they they I, did I that. They did that. That's that's how I look at it. I just don't think yeah. that a stop in Worcester is going to change and alter your career path. Didn't they, they do that with Ben Attendee? How did that work out? Well, ben Attendee sucks. Oh, does he? <laughs> I don't know. He looks pretty good until he got hurt. I don't know. Well, they... <laughs> you know what? If we had Ben Attendee on this team right now instead of Franchi Cordero, we wouldn't be bringing up Jaron Duran. Yeah, we'd be like, you know, seven games in front of first place instead of one and a half. But, yeah. Too true. Durant's hey, going to be knows, a stud. Knows best. Durant's going to be a stud next couple of weeks. I hope that you're you right. You guys have written wrong, him off. Perry, but when we're right, we're going to have to get the three Ugh. of us back on another show with Andrew so I can just. I've been wearing it all year long. I picked the Red Sox to win 78. I said Pavetta would probably suck. I said Garrett Richards would suck. <laughs> well, I'm the you president know. of the Garrett Richards. I said Hunter Club. Rempro would suck. <laughs> so, oh, man. If, if I'm going <laughs> to wear cold it. cold takes Terry at this point. Look at your shirt that says ice cold takes. Yeah, yeah, but I've been accountable. You know, I've admitted I was wrong. So, um, It's a good year for that. No, we I'm should get like a. Uh, a lot of guys. We should do like a variant of like Bush beer and their and their logo and just do Kush beer and ice cold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Selling merchandise near you. Yeah. Well, all right. Hopefully, uh, hopefully Duran just kind of works out. But um, it's interesting. This is going to be an interesting two weeks. The podcast. There's going to be tons of topics to go over. Tons of cryptic things that we're trying to decode as we go as far as what they might be doing and uh you know we're we're gonna get into it and we're gonna use all four shows every week to do that and i guarantee you if you listen to another podcast before you listen to this one you got a much different show (laughs) i mean jason let's jason and terry let me put it this way my dud on the next series that we lose there's like an eighty percent chance that it's Heim Bloom because Jaron Duran goes over ten. <laughs> well, I hope not. I take I I put money on that. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's a decent chance. Yeah. So, whoever's listening out there that's already calling me a dumbass and probably turned this off a long time ago because they're like, "Yo, you idiots don't like Duran." I love Duran, but not right now. I think it's a it's an inconsequential move and. Uh, I just don't think – I think we, we can literally have any contingency plan in play to do what we need to do regardless of of how he works out. But but we'll see. Well, maybe, we, maybe he'll stand pat. Maybe Bloom will stand pat and we'll all be pissed off. But, <laughs> but Everybody will be pissed if we stand pat. Everybody. Yeah, absolutely. 
So I hope everybody enjoyed it. I might sneak in one more episode, maybe uh, for Saturday morning. I don't know. No promises, but uh, we'll see. It's a weird week, All-Star break. But we will be back Sunday night to discuss the Yankees-Red Sox series and hopefully be, what, 11-0 against them, something like that. Wouldn't that be nice? As long yeah. as the second number's an O, that's that's all we care about. So, um, so we'll we'll either be back Saturday morning or Sunday night to discuss the Yankee series. Everyone, have a good rest of your week. Take care.